The following podcast is a presentation of Project Entertainment Network. Welcome to Vicious Whispers with Mark Tullius, your source for horror, sci-fi, suspense, and all things violent. Hallo alle zusammen. Willkommen bei Vicious Whispers mit Mark Tullius. Heute habe ich einen besonderen Gast aus Deutschland. Marco Tullius, danke, dass du in die Show gekommen bist. Kein Problem. No problem. <laughs> Man, uh, I've been wanting to go to Germany. Uh, that's my goal. That's what we were supposed to do last year. I've been trying mm-hmm. to learn how to speak. Um, I haven't had any conversations. I, <laughs> it's just, Man, okay. uh, I've been very, very nervous about um, trying to speak with other people, but something I need to get over. So, but thank you for coming on today. Um, Let me, if you could tell me a little bit about yourself. So you are a bassist in a band, uh, Wolf Spirit, correct? Yeah, right. Um, how long have you been playing music? Um, you know, when, when when were you first introduced to it? When did you discover a love for it and know that it was something that you were going to do, uh, you know, probably the rest of your life? Well, I started playing bass in 2001. So would be 20 years now <laughs> um and basically yeah i had a friend in school and i guess it's the equivalent to high school mm-hmm. like in sixth grade um he was then playing the guitar for one year he was having lessons and stuff and he wanted to uh, form a band but he couldn't find anybody <laughs> who also played an instrument so um he talked to a friend of mine and convinced him to play d- drums so And then I, uh, I just got wind of it. And then I said, hey, I want to join too. What do you need? <laughs> and he said, well, we need a bass player. And then I said, okay, what's a bass? <laughs> <laughs> and then it started from there. So now had you, did you start taking lessons at that point? Or did you just start teaching yourself? No, I did take lessons right away. So when I first convinced my parents to buy me a bass and an amp, Then we right away had our first rehearsal and it was crap, (laughs) but hey, we knew nothing. So we just tried to play some Nirvana and stuff. Um, Yeah. And then, uh, but quickly after the first rehearsal, I started taking lessons and then tried to improve as fast as possible. So the first, um, the first real influence I would say was um, Flea from the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Okay. How big, he was, yeah. How how big was um, American music to you? Is, is that what you were listening to at a young age? Was that one of your biggest influences? When when I was young, I was basically re- listening to the radio. So when I was young in the nineties, <laughs> what was on the radio was like Backstreet Boys and <laughs> Britney Spears. <laughs> All right. So um, yeah, I always loved listening to music, but I my parents they are not the kind of people to who listen to rock music or metal even um so i got introduced to it uh, via my friend who played the guitar yeah and then um just i don't know i can i can't really put a finger on it it's just the spark ignited and then i always discovered new guys who could play even crazier stuff and then i wanted to learn it too and yeah that's how i awesome i progressed Now, did you go back and forth between bass and guitar? Do you have, do you prefer one over the other? 
Well, bass is my main instrument. I started on it, and it's basically what I mainly do in bands. Um, I picked up the guitar, I guess, about three years later, uh, just so I could also write songs easier. <laughs> because okay. on the bass, it was just playing root notes all the time was not cutting it. So um, I wanted to play chords as well and and riffing and stuff. So um, yeah, then I I picked one up and I that um, well I was having bass lessons, but I could pretty much uh, transfer most of what I've learned over to guitar, except for the technique that I had to teach myself. But it wasn't that hard coming from the bass. Uh, yeah, and then. Um, when I studied music, it was, of course, much easier to get students if you could also teach guitar because bass students are hard to find. <laughs> mm -hmm. Awesome. Um, now, do you do you enjoy teaching? Is it is it difficult? You know, and would you rather teach in person or online? Because I, I saw that you do do online classes. Yeah, I, I was uh, teaching in person before the pandemic hit, uh, like exclusively. But then I was forced to try out the online stuff and I pretty much liked it right, right away. And um, it makes stuff easier, especially once it's over and we can go on tour again, I can teach from anywhere, basically. I have my studio set up here, but I also have a, like a mobile setup that I can take with me anywhere, like a small interface and a clip-on mic and everything. So uh, I can basically teach wherever i am so nice now with the bands that you've been in have has the singer generally been singing in english or do you also do german have you been in any strictly german bands uh no i haven't most of the time it's english i was um well my first band was a rock band basically and we started off out covering stuff covered maiden and uh, White Snake and Metallica, and yeah, that kind of stuff. And then, um, then we wrote our own material, and it was also in English, because our singer was half American. His mother was American, so it wasn't that hard for him to sing in English. And then um, after that, I mostly played in cover bands, like yeah, what was popular, popular, or uh, in jazz bands where you not necessarily have a singer we just play in the background for people to drink wine and stuff <laughs> now yeah. in uh, in germany what is popular as far as as far as music is it is it mainly american music or is there a good mix of both i'd say it's a mix of both there are like quite a few german artists who also sing or rap in german <laughs> And uh, yeah, that's popular as well. Um, although I have to say that I don't follow the charts as much. <laughs> so yeah, but from what I perceive through my students, it's pretty much a, a mixture of mixture of both. So okay. yeah, I uh, the last couple of years since I since I've been trying to kind of learn German, um, I realize I've been listening to a lot of it. So I listen to a lot of Rammstein, Eisbrecher, uh, Ostrand, uh, who else? Hamaton, uh, a couple other bands. But uh, yeah, it's very interesting. But I always I always go to the pretty disturbing stuff, um, <laughs> you know, and then, then I'm reading their lyrics. I'm like, oh, wow. I was like, maybe I shouldn't play this in front of the kids. Uh, but <laughs> but luckily, they don't know. the. 
I, I don't watch them. I don't watch the videos in front of them. Um, but I do, I do love the music. Uh, and so, yeah, I, my, my family's always making fun of me cause I'm always having on German heavy metal. Uh, yeah, I enjoy it. Well, that's great. <laughs> um, are there any other, could you recommend a German, uh, a German rock band or, or heavy metal band that maybe I haven't heard of? Is there anyone that you think sing in German? Common? You mean, yeah, that's German? yeah. They sing in German. Um, I prefer English speaking music myself, so I don't yeah. really have a tip. I have, I would have one tip. Um, they're called Vandenplas. They are a progressive metal band, but they okay. also sing in English. So, but they are, they are from the area, not too far from my hometown. Like it's an hour away. Okay. And they are really great. They've been on tour with uh, Dream Theater, if you know okay. Dream Theater. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I like them. Um, okay. But when German speaking bands, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> no, not really. Um, when you're listening to music, are you usually attracted to a band because of the guitar or because of the bass? Like, is that something that you hear or is it just you just enjoy the music? Um, I don't really particularly listen for anything. I just like, um, I want I just want to hear if something grabs me if something is evoking an interesting mood or feeling or anything doesn't matter which instrument it is um and I go by song really I I wouldn't call myself a rock musician or or metal musician I listen to what I like mm -hmm. it just could also be something that's been on the radio because I like it because it has a great melody because the stuff is popular for a reason um yeah but there's also a lot of crap on the radio <laughs> i've been um i'm always embarrassed to tell people but uh because you know all my life i've been heavy metal heavy metal heavy metal heavy metal that's all i ever want to listen to that's all i ever played um but then when i started trying to teach myself guitar i've been using a uh, musician which is this tablature mm -hmm. um and I find myself playing a lot of pop songs. You know, I, I play like Adele or uh, there's like super popular songs. I've never, lots of them I've never even heard before, like, cause I don't listen to the radio, but I'm enjoying them for some reason. Um, but I just thought that was kind of funny, even though I enjoy hearing heavy metal for whatever reason, I enjoy playing these other kinds of songs and a lot of classical music too. Yeah, that was a, basically the same for me when I, um when studying music, because if you want to study music, you can either go classical or jazz. There's basically nothing else. Um, so because I wasn't playing upright bass, I had to go to the jazz direction, which I would, I would have anyways, but um, I wasn't really listening to jazz that much at that point. But when you play it, it's actually really fun <laughs> because of the, all the interaction with the other ins, um, musicians and all the because you're improvising all the time and it's basically like talking to four people at once or something like that That's so cool. yeah it's really fun awesome now for someone like me that would like to get better but doesn't really i don't know i just been i haven't done online classes i haven't ever done anything in person um is that probably the next step or you know can you learn enough just from watching videos and and just practicing um, yeah, I guess 
nowadays yeah. there's plenty of stuff online like just online tutorials that you can watch um and yeah if you're <laughs> If you put put yourself to it, I guess you can learn enough. Yeah, that, that <laughs> always that's... great if you if you have like some uh, push because you know I have to show my teacher what I've practiced. So, like, even uh, with my younger students, if they have to play like a school concert and they know they have two weeks to learn the stuff, then they're as, as motivated as ever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, I, I get that. It's so easy to want to do something, but if you don't have a deadline, if you don't have the goal, it's easy to uh, not do it as well. Right. Very true. Um, oh, that's awesome. Uh, now, have you been to the United States before? You, you mentioned that you guys were supposed to, right, last year? Right. Me personally, I haven't been to the U.S. yet. Um, my bandmates have, of course, because uh, our singer is from America. I forgot which state, but some southern state. Um, and they also, I guess, for, with the exception of the first album, they recorded every album in Nashville. Oh, okay. Um, they worked with uh, Michael Wagner, who's a German producer living in Nashville. He was, like, really big in the 80s. I guess he mixed the Mass of Pappas album and... Um, recorded some extreme stuff the pornography album and some skid row stuff oh, like that very cool and uh yeah and then they moved on they tried out to different producers as well and yeah the one producer who's uh, his name is dave batchel he's um always uh, mixing our recordings if we do live live stream videos for facebook mm -hmm. he's the one <laughs> Oh, nice. makes it sound good. <laughs> I, I saw the Hallowed Be Thy Name. That's awesome. That's one of my all-time yeah. favorite songs. That's, uh, yeah, I love, love Maiden. Um, if, what, what is, do you have a favorite song to play? Whew, that's a tough question. <laughs> um, you mean by my band? Uh, no, <laughs> just, uh, just, just in general, whether, yeah, just someone else's, someone else's song that you really, really enjoy playing. It's hard to say because I play such diverse stuff. I like playing Marcus Miller if I'm playing bass, which is like this jazz funk stuff with lots of slapping uh, or Chili Peppers stuff. Um, uh, but I also like playing like really metal-y stuff, like the Dream Theater and Iron Maiden. Awesome. It's tough to tell, <laughs> like, but it probably would be like a Chili Pepper song where you can just jam away. That's the most fun. <laughs> That's cool. And then again, I basically always jam away, <laughs> no matter what I play. So when I'm when we're doing um, our live streams, I basically never play exactly to the recording i always play my own part i nice. keep the, the 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 essential parts the same but if there's a spot for phil <laughs> i go for it <laughs> now uh my friend because i pick up the bass every once in a while very very little uh but my friend always makes fun of me because i use a pick now is it is it uh <laughs> what's what's the difference between a pick and no pick like is would you recommend one or the other for someone that's starting out uh no i wouldn't recommend one over the other it's just the sound difference 
like the fingers are softer than the pick and so the pick has a more aggressive sound you get more of the zing from the metal oh. of the strings into the sound so if you want to play metal then it's fine a lot of basses yeah there's this meme online like uh, it's forbidden to play bass with the pick but hey i guess um i think cliff burton the original mm-hmm. bass player for metallica he played with a pick and a bunch of others oh. and some just play use it for one song or it's just whatever gets the sound you need for the song is okay mm. so that makes sense it's just fun <laughs> <laughs> very cool now do you guys have plans on recording anytime soon do you have to wait until the pandemic's all cleared up like will we do you definitely want to record back in nashville is that what the band intends to do yeah right we uh, got in touch with um with a producer named vance powell or the others got in touch with him i should say because when the last time they were over i wasn't even in the band yet they were in it was in august of 2019 and i joined them in october 2019. um yeah but we last week i spent um the whole week at their place and we were like writing songs non-stop so we pretty much have an album ready to record but um well, the lyrics are missing, but um, I guess it's it will also be done in time. So we would love to record it now in the summertime, but uh, we're not quite sure how to go about it if, if we are coming back. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. yeah, um, yeah. How um, how has life been for you out there with the pandemic? Has it um... Has it really shut everything down? I mean, here, you know, it, it's for me, it hasn't been that different because I usually don't leave the house, but uh, a year of not leaving the house kind of adds up. So is it, has it been as strict over there? How, how has it been for you? Um, yeah, in Germany, it's pretty strict. It's always, um, you always have to check the news every day for the new numbers, how many people got infected and if the next lockdown is coming. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um yeah but um well i'm yeah i I didn't leave the house as much either so i um when the the day the first lockdown was announced i uh i hit my hand with an axe and i cut one tendon for the thumb i couldn't move my thumb or i couldn't move it upwards so um i had to wait like 10 weeks to heal oh wow so um, yeah, I, I get surgery. They they sew the tendon back together. <laughs> so, how much did that affect your plane? Uh, not at all, actually, because it was the th- it's just the thumb that I keep on the back oh, of, the, okay. of the neck. So it's not really that bad. I was kind of lucky. Yeah, but it was um, Friday thirteenth. So I guess. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I was forced to stay at home um, for the first two months. And then, yeah, when I switched to online lessons, yeah, I kind of liked being at home when I was done. I w- didn't have to pack all the stuff together again and drive home. It was done. The last student was done and then I was home. <laughs> that was kind of cool. Um, but I also missed playing live, of course. Uh, then again, we, um, since we are a professional band, we were allowed to uh, do our work so we we could still play together oh nice that was okay uh 
if it was if it had been just a hobby then i would not be so sure but yeah have you um have you done any songwriting do you ever get involved in any lyrics whether it's this band or, or prior have you ever written your own songs yeah i have um although i have never written any lyrics i always have just written the music parts and uh, yeah actually quite a lot of songs that we wrote uh, last week um either had like a part that i came up with in it or were built upon a part that i came up with like for the last couple of years i uh, i have a file where every time i get an idea while noodling that i think is worth something and then i i write it write it down immediately and i collect them and then uh, once it was time to do songwriting i just went through it and checked for which would be fitting for this band because a lot of stuff is also in odd time signatures and stuff like the dream theater style and that would not be so fitting uh-huh. but then were, there were other parts that would pretty much fit in into the style of wolf spirit and then yeah it worked out for a couple of songs when you when you have written your own songs do you have any idea what they might be about like do you know what kind of lyrics might go with them or is it just you're just simply hearing this this song mm, yeah i could imagine some theme because it, uh, the music uh, evokes some sort of feeling mm. but i wouldn't go as far as um like dictating our singer to write about this and that because i wrote the i wrote the riff and it has to be about this right. and that. very cool um here's something maybe you could help me out i'm trying to figure out what other books of mine i should have translated into german because it's such a good market it's uh not a lot of american authors have their books translated there there's a lot of readers and so um right now i only have one i have the second book in the series being translated now um but is there is there a big horror are, are, are german readers would you say that they there's a big market for horror um because I, I was wondering like with Rammstein, with that kind of imagery that they have <coughs> with lots of these <coughs> excuse me with lots of these other german bands it does seem to have a lot of that kind of creepy scary kind of vibe to it so i didn't know if that's part of german culture in america you know horror is pretty big but i wasn't mm-hmm. sure how it would go over because um you know those that's that's that was the neck one of my next books i was thinking about doing was horror but i was just wondering whether or not it's even worth it okay well i have to confess i'm not a big reader <laughs> um but uh, yeah i would guess so basically um i think uh american horror movies are pretty popular in germany as well so i would guess like the uh for the books it would be the, the same mm-hmm. like there is a pretty pretty big metal community community and i think they would like it Let's let's hope so. I'm I'm actually writing a book right now called uh, "Try Not to Die at Death Fest." So it's actually like a big heavy metal concert, and all kinds of things go wrong. There's like 30 ways to die, and a lot okay. of fun, a lot a lot of different bands, all 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 imaginary bands. Um, yeah, okay. But yeah, no, that one that one's a lot of fun to write. Um, Maybe you could sell it at Wacken. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually that that would be awesome. I 
I, I want to get there. That's what we want to do. We want to go for some major festivals. Uh, I just think that would be awesome to be able to travel Europe and, and do all that. Now, yeah. if you had to guess, when do you think concerts will come back? Uh, do you think it's still probably another year before they have like big festivals and stuff like that? Um, yeah, I guess this, the festival season this year is pretty much done already. So, mm -hmm. well, we have one gig scheduled for September, but it's in France. So okay. maybe the French are a little more <laughs> open uh <-huh>. for it. <laughs> uh, we'll see. Well, actually, we, um, we actually had the gig, uh, confirmed last year for September, but then, um, uh, the darkness would have been headliner. Oh, nice. And um, like two weeks before the date, there was a new regulation for uh, like quarantine regulation for the British. Mm -hmm. So they couldn't come because they would have had to come uh, two weeks earlier, which of course is not possible. So um, since he, the, the um, manager of the festival had no headliners, he had no choice but to postpone it to this year yeah we'll see if it actually happens this year yeah we our family has tickets to go to um i forget what it is the big festival up in uh, sacramento maybe shockwave something like that but uh metallica all kinds of all kinds of cool bands and it's like a mm -hmm. three or four day festival but right now we're not sure whether or not it's going to happen so we're keeping our fingers crossed because that's one yeah. of my, my favorite things to do is to go see live music uh, definitely been missing that. Yeah, so you're in California, so I I heard that um, that's pretty strict, regulated it, as it, well. It, yeah, it is. Um, I think it's getting a little bit better. Well, I'm not too far outside of Los Angeles, which is kind of a. Mm -hmm. It's been a hot spot for COVID, um, but it seems like things are getting better. I, that's what I'm hoping. I just I'm getting my second vaccination tomorrow. Uh, my wife just got hers. And so we're feeling a little bit better about being able to go and do stuff. Um, but <laughs> what is your, now, what is your impression of the United States, especially over this last year? And do you have any, would you, would you ever consider moving here instead of, and leaving Germany? It's funny you ask because it's actually, uh, the band is actually uh, talking about it or even planning it because um, they they've bought a house in Nashville. Oh, nice. Um, or yeah, it's a bit bigger than a house, I guess. <laughs> they stayed there for the last recording in 2019, and then um, I don't know how they worked it out, but eventually they did. So they bought it, and they were planning on uh, like living half a year in the states and half a year in germany basically going back and forth um so yeah they also asked me if i was willing to move but i said i have to check out the states first <laughs> i have never been there so how would i know um and yeah i also have a little daughter so that oh, would wow. not make things easier to just be that far away how old is your Which, daughter yeah she's uh four and a half now Oh, beautiful. Um, has that, has having her changed you much? Do you think? Uh, well, yeah, <laughs> she, uh, she was a really bad sleeper for one and a half years. So when she was born, I was working like 
basically five days a week like giving lessons five days a week and then even doing like a music course in, in kindergartens like for three um three days a week in the morning and yeah then i had to cut it down to four days and then to three days and <laughs> because i was just like a zombie sitting there and trying to <laughs> trying to keep my eyes open while i was teaching <laughs> and um i also had to uh, tell my bandmates at that point that i um wasn't able to do any gigs at that moment because it was just too much mm. she was like waking up every hour at least oh wow if not like the record was like 12 times a night and it was just oh, <laughs> brutal that is <laughs> so yeah then i was like then i had to quit my band or basically they make made me quit <laughs> uh, because it was just i had to pause too too long mm. and then um I basically had no band, no no um, steady band for like three years. And uh, the funny thing is that even uh, Rio, our guitar player in Wolf Spirit, he approached me about joining the band uh, in 2016 when my daughter was born, like right after she was born. So then I checked out their schedule and in that year they were opening, they were a support band for Uriah Heep. Okay. And um, I was checking the dates and I said, sorry, I can't do that <laughs> it's just they were traveling like uh, like around europe and it would not have been possible so um and then in 2019 in september rio approached me again he just approached me via facebook i didn't know him and then um he asked me again to join the band and i said well now it could be it could work out so yeah he sent me like three songs to learn which i did and then we had like a meeting in October and played the, played the songs and then, yeah. That's awesome. Very cool, man. Well, I appreciate you coming on and uh, talking to me. Uh, yeah, well, if you do come out here to LA, you got a place to come visit, come stay. Uh, be cool to talk to, yeah. more. I, I, I could use some lessons. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what happens with your band. Um, where can people find out more about the band? And also if... Now, with your lessons, do you do them for people all around the world because they're online? Um, yeah, basically, I could do that. Right now, all my students are in Germany, but um, yeah, I could do English lessons all over the world, basically, which is also really nice. It's yeah, <laughs> power yeah, of online teaching. So yeah, I got a homepage, uh, which is marcotulius.de. Okay. <laughs> and uh, I guess wolfspirit.com is the website of my band or you can check out facebook youtube yeah. spotify amazon music yeah yeah i have i i have you guys uh, i'm following you guys on uh, spotify i was listening to you guys this morning um very cool man well thank you again for coming on i appreciate this and uh hopefully we will talk again soon i would love to thank you very much all right well i hope you guys enjoyed our little conversation here is the short story for today. It is from 25 Perfect Days plus five more. Uh, this story is 15. It's a little bit creepy, a little bit It's a, different from the rest of the stories in the book. It was one of the late editions, but I just thought it was pretty fun. So hopefully you guys enjoy it. This is narrated by David Thompson, taken from 25 Perfect Days, the short story 15. Later.
15. May 20th, 2045. The driver of the white Cadillac stepped out of the car. He was mixed, several shades darker than Claire's fair skin. His tailored suit made him seem at least 18. Miss Wells? Claire nodded, afraid she'd blow the whole thing the first time she opened her mouth. He said his name was Darius and opened the rear door, placed his hand on Claire's elbow to help her inside. The car's leather was soft and smelled to violets, nothing like the Sentra her family sold when they ran out of motel money or the Camry that had been their home until they couldn't afford food. Darius went up front and gazed at Claire in the rear view, his light brown eyes as warm as a smile. Get comfortable, he said. It's going to be a while. Claire didn't want to sound cheap, but she only had the $5 bill her dad forced on her. If things don't work out, will someone bring me back? Darius pulled away from the curb, eyes on the road, and followed the security fence that circled the block. I'm afraid I'm not allowed to have discussions while driving. They drove out the front gate and into the chaos of the city. People and cars were everywhere, move-alongs and canine patrols every couple blocks. Claire sank into the seat and closed her eyes. Her older sister, Tammy, had been in a car like this. She'd gone to the prom as a sophomore and said it was the best time of her life. She told Claire and Becky all about the limo, the flowers, the music. Tammy whispered all the other details to Becky, because Claire would have made a face and said, Ew. Back then, Claire still thought she'd go to prom one day. Unfortunately, no house meant no school, and every city was the same. No work. Keep moving. Their family had been begging for the last few months, and they slept in shifts. Claire had been running on adrenaline since she'd received the news three days before. She was still shocked she'd been selected. The hum of the engine lulled her to sleep. Dreams of life and a dress. Claire awoke when they turned off the freeway. The Hollywood Hills lay straight ahead. They drove to the security gates blocking the street at the bottom of Mulholland. Darius stopped at the gatehouse and rolled down his window. Hey, Johnny, bringing in Claire Wells. Johnny looked about Darius's age his blue blazer doing little to hide his muscular build and the gun at his waist. He stuck his head in the window and nodded at Claire. Put her down as permanent? Yeah, man, of course. The view was amazing, with the sunset she'd seen in so many movies. The city wasn't so smothering at this elevation. After a few minutes on Mulholland, Darius made a right, then a left and drove up to the gate at the end of a cobblestone driveway. He put his palm on the scanner and waited for the beep. The gate peeled back, revealing a circular driveway with a marble fountain, a giant house stretched behind it. Three young men in green jumpsuits trimmed the dense foliage. Darius waved to them as he swung the car around and parked next to the front door. Claire breathed deeply, and said a short prayer. She mumbled a thank you as Darius escorted her from the car to the door, his hand on the flat of her back. 
A Middle Eastern girl stood in the doorway. Her pink sweatsuit showed a body men desired. She said her name was Amira and told Claire to come in. Claire stepped into the foyer. Her boots echoed off the black slate. Amira was barefoot. Her perfect pink toenails matched her pants. Should I take off my shoes? Claire asked. Amira said, Please, but leave on your socks for now, just until you bathe. She walked to the red curtain draped along the side of the stairs and whispered, House rules. Behind the curtain were forty small cubbies built into the wall, a name under each. Less than a dozen had shoes inside. After Claire stuffed the boots inside the space with her name on it, Amira closed the curtain and said, Mrs. D is waiting. As she was speaking, Darius came in with Claire's backpack. Just leave it there, Amira said. I'll send it to her room. Darius set it by the stairs. He spoke so low, Claire had to listen. How's she seem? You heard anything? Amira shook her head. Later. Darius closed the front door on his way out. Claire couldn't shake the feeling she was being watched. When she glanced up, a flash of blonde hair ducked away from the upstairs railing. Amira glided along the hallway, as if being beautiful were no big deal. The white shag carpet soothed Claire's feet. Lush green plants lined both sides of the hall. A ponytailed brunette in tight jeans and a blouse lowered her watering can long enough to say hello. Amira kept going and said, The girl was Tiffany, their masseuse. And that's Jaden, Amira said as they passed the doorway. A strawberry blonde dusted the top of a dresser, crammed into a room not much bigger than the bed. Claire waved at the girl and hurried after Amira, the scent from the kitchen reminding her how long it had been since she'd eaten properly. The kitchen was glass doors and stainless steel, same slate as the foyer. An older Hispanic teenager in an apron was placing bowls in the first fridge, while a simple-looking boy with skin the same shade as Amira's waved and said her name like it was three words. Not now, Yusuf, Amira said. She faced the middle-aged woman who sat on the other side of the center island, her short blonde hair so yellow against her purple blouse. Mrs. D., this is Claire. The woman's blue eyes lit up and she clasped her hands. Oh, honey, welcome, welcome, welcome. It's a real pleasure to meet you, ma'am. The woman shook her head. Oh, no, child. First off, Susie or Mrs. D are the only names I'll answer to. Second, how could it be such a pleasure if that's how you say hello? Claire shifted. The others were watching her make a fool of herself. Mrs. D spoke to the boys without looking away from Claire. How's anyone supposed to have a decent conversation with that racket? You two can finish up when we're done. Both boys said sorry and left through the back hallway. Mrs. D smiled at Claire and said she was only joking. Come over here and give me a hug. The contract had been signed, but the audition was just starting. It would continue for three years if Claire didn't blow it. She stepped around the island, ignored the wheelchair, and put her arms around Mrs. D. Mrs. D's hug was suffocating. Claire squeezed back just as hard 
and the hug warmed into something else, a sense of safety Claire hadn't felt in a long while. When they let go, Mrs. D wore a grin. Oh, I knew you weren't lying. Your hugs are wonderful. Claire barely remembered the application video and what she'd listed as her strengths. She told Mrs. D, You're not so bad yourself. Mrs. D squealed, Oh, that's good! She smiled at Amira. We've got ourselves a keeper. Now be a dear and fetch Brianna. Amira excused herself. She said hi to the long-legged redhead she passed in the doorway. The redhead looked more woman than girl in her tight black skirt, thin framed glasses and hair in a bun. She reached across the counter, the top three buttons of her white blouse undone, her breasts pushing on the fabric. Her hand was as soft as her voice when she said her name was Christine. Mrs. D. asked if her husband was in his office. Christine released Claire's hand and stood back. No. Mr. D. has yoga Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. She waved her fingers at Claire and said, Got to run. Just wanted to say hi. Mrs. D. waited until Christine left. Would you call that attitude? There might have been a little, but Claire said, She seemed nice. Mrs. D. shrugged it off and rubbed her temples. She's nice, all right. All our girls are. Are you okay? Can I get you something? What a sweetheart. Mrs. D. patted Claire's hand. Some days are rougher than others. I need my pills, but I want to go over a few rules first. One. We're a family, so we always act like it. Treat one another with respect and kindness. Two, Mr. D and I are the only people who give orders. God gave us a mouth for more than one reason. If something doesn't sound right, you come tell me. I will. Three, this isn't like other families. The door is always open. You let us know if you want to go your separate way. We don't want anyone here that doesn't want to be. Claire said she understood. She didn't know how she'd gotten so lucky. Last thing to remember is, do not talk to Ian. He has no authority. A homely blonde girl, too old for her pigtails and red gingham dress, entered the kitchen with a wide smile. Do I? Mrs. D said no way, but it sounded like a joke. Don't listen to this one, Claire. The girl came around the island and kissed Mrs. D on the cheek. Mother, why would you say that? She might believe you. And be the better for it, Mrs. D turned back to Claire and said. But like I was saying, stay away from Ian. You're not to speak to that boy. Claire asked if he was a servant. Mrs. D shook her head, the light flashing off her diamond earrings. My own flesh and blood. He turned on us, got himself arrested. We didn't raise him like that. The girl's baby blue eyes tried to sparkle when she introduced herself as Brianna. So, what do you do? Please tell me you're not another tutor. You girls have all day to talk, Mrs. D said. Let's get Claire settled in. Brianna wheeled her mother out from the counter, and Claire moved next to the stove. Green beans with bacon in one pan, grilled chicken and pasta in the skillet. Oh, honey, how rude of me. Have you eaten dinner? Claire hated to impose and was used to sleeping on an empty stomach. I'm okay. Don't be silly. Mrs. D pressed a button on the keypad at the end of her armrest, and the intercom by the doorway buzzed. 
Caesar, warm up a plate and send it to Claire's room. I don't want to be a bother, Claire said. Nonsense, that took all of five seconds, Mrs. D said. Let's go. Brianna rolled her mother down the rear hallway. Claire remained a few steps behind. Mrs. D pointed at a set of closed double doors and said, That's the living room where dessert is served, and up here's the library. All three of them stopped so Claire could see inside the room, books lining the shelves on every wall, fifteen desks in the middle. School's from nine to three, Mrs. D said. Your teacher's great. She got pink-slipped by the university. They came to an elevator at the back of the house. Mrs. D used her remote so the doors opened the moment she rolled up to them. The elevator's walls were tinted glass, with the view of a kidney-shaped pool on the other side. A dozen boys were swimming, and at least that many lounged around. A handsome blonde with six-pack abs bounced on the diving board. Mrs. D pushed a button on her keypad and lit the number two on the elevator's display. Girls get the pool from three to five and all day on Saturday. From the second floor, Claire could see their land stretching down the hill. Two girls were rallying on the tennis court, and boys in green were hanging out by the horse stables. I've never even seen a horse, Claire said. I'm afraid we moved ours to our ranch in Utah. This air's not good for them. Brianna pointed out the stocky boy walking two German shepherds. That's Corey. You'll want him to introduce you to Max and Milo. They can have a temper. That's true, Mrs. D said, but no need to worry. You'll meet him tonight at dessert. Did Father already finish the cards? Mrs. D used her remote to spin around. Since when do you care about that? Just curious, Mother. Funny, I was about to tell you to join him tonight. I have quite a bit of homework. I want you to make sure Claire is comfortable. It's intimidating meeting new people. Brianna studied her stubby toes. Yes, Mother. See Claire to her room so she can change and eat dinner. Brianna took Claire's hand. It's this way. A few doors down, Brianna pointed to the three circles above the handle. There's no lock on the bathroom, so pay attention to the lights. Blue means a boy's inside, yellow means a girl. She pushed open the door and stepped inside. There were glass-enclosed showers in each of the four corners, a sink and mirror on two walls, a toilet stall on the third. Mrs. D shouted Brianna's name. She sat still in the elevator, eyebrows in a V. You can finish the tour tomorrow. If Claire wants to take a shower tonight, she can use yours. Brianna mumbled an apology and pulled Claire behind her. When they got to the next hallway, she said, My room's second on the left. Father's is at the end. She nodded to the right. Ian's is that way. They came to the office at the top of the front stairs. Christine sat behind the mahogany desk. Blank monitors covered the wall beside her. She waved at Claire and pressed a button. The office blinds closed at once. Claire followed Brianna around the corner and into a tiny room, identical to the one she'd seen Jaden cleaning. Except on her dresser sat a steaming plate of food and a glass of ice water. Lights out is at eight o'clock, so you might as well get comfy now. PJs are in the top drawer. Brianna tapped the intercom next to the door. Press four if you need me for anything. Two if you want mother.
an older boy with a dingy white robe and patchy brown beard, stepped into the doorway. Or three if you get lonely. Brianna told Ian to go to his room. Claire backed up until her legs touched the bed. What's wrong, little sis? He said with a slur. Just want to say hi to the new girl. Brianna hit the bottom button on the intercom. Robert, room one. Ian held out his hand. It was shaking. He told Claire, Remember, keep smiling. Be a good girl. Footsteps pounded the hall. A boy shouted, Get away from there. Just chatting with my sister. The boy had a shaved head and a tank top, muscles popping out everywhere. He grabbed Ian's arm and jerked him. Come on. Ian yanked his arm away and smiled tauntingly. Robert's cheek flushed red and he narrowed his eyes. Move it. Ian gazed at Claire. Give someone an inch of... His face scrunched up as his left leg jerked off the ground, the bracelet around his ankle red and sizzling. You fuck! Robert remained calm. Move it. I won't tell you again. You're such... Ian's scream lasted longer. He limped away and said, and I'm the crazy one. He screamed again. Claire sat on the bed. Brianna said not to worry. I'll make sure they keep a better eye on him. What did he do? Something he shouldn't have. Brianna closed the door behind her. Claire took the plate from the dresser. The food tasted delicious. Each bite was a guilty wonder. After she finished... She opened the top drawer and found three neatly stacked piles, silk, flannel, and cotton, all colors. She slipped on light blue cotton pajamas and lay on the bed, staring at her reflection in the black dome above. The crackle of the intercom woke her. A man said dessert would be served in five minutes. Claire got up, opened the closet, and dug a scrunchie from her backpack. She put her hair up in a ponytail, amazed at all the wonderful clothes. The price tags made her wince. Dessert sounded awful, but Claire wasn't going to make waves. She grabbed the china and fork from the dresser and left the room. In the hall, she heard boys talking. Claire went to the stairs and peeked over the railing. White t-shirts and tank tops filled the foyer. The boys were checking their cubbies, cracking jokes and name-calling. Several stood in the black eating bowls of chocolate pudding, stacking the empties by the door on their way out. Claire recognized Johnny from the gate and watched as he pulled a bowl from a top cubby. That's some bullshit. This is my third day in a row. Mrs. D came on the intercom. I heard that. Johnny shoveled down the pudding and headed out the front door. Guess that makes a four. A skinny boy Claire hadn't seen showed a white envelope to the boy beside him. The kid socked his shoulder and called him a lucky bastard. Look what Timmy got. Some said good for him. A couple clapped. The others walked away. A large hand touched Claire's shoulder, and she jumped. The plate flew from her hand and shattered on the hardwood. The man was in his fifties, with hair as jet black as his pajamas. 
You didn't get hurt, did you? The plate lay in a thousand pieces. Claire wanted to cry. The man leaned over the railing. You all need to hurry. Timothy, come clean this. Sure thing, Mr. D. The man told Claire to call him Bradley and led her down the stairs. We don't want to keep everyone waiting. The foyer was empty. The cubby curtain closed. When they got to the living room doors, Bradley said, See Christine in the kitchen for your dessert. Tell her I'm ready for my usual. Christine stood at the counter in silver silk pajamas, a bright red bow tied around her ponytail. She pointed at the three plates of lemon meringue on the counter. Pick one. Claire chose the smallest piece of pie and told Christine what Bradley had said. Christine put some ice in a glass and filled it to the top with Johnny Walker. She handed it over and said, His coffee is just as simple, straight black. Claire thanked her and went into the living room. A brown couch wrapped around two walls where eight girls in pajamas and five boys were chatting quietly. Empty dessert plates cluttered the giant ottoman. Over here, Bradley sat in a brown recliner, newspaper in hand. He took the glass and gazed at the digital TV, hanging five feet in front of him, so the rest of the room only saw the back. You watch much? It was a football game, but that was the extent of Claire's knowledge. Afraid not, sir. Bradley, he corrected. He motioned her closer and lowered his voice. Forget about everyone else for a moment. You need to lighten up, Claire. Be happy. This is a good thing. You have a home. Your family has a home. Thank you, Bradley. Of course, sweetheart, and remember, you're an adult. You make your own decisions. Got it? Claire nodded. Brianna sat where the couches came together and patted the empty corner cushion beside her. Claire squeezed past Corey, the dog handler, who was cuddling with Amira, his hand caressing her silk pajamas. Jaden, the slow-moving maid, had on a dark blue sleepover. She talked to Tiffany, the plant girl in red flannel with a ribbon tied around her ponytail. Claire moved past Robert, who sat by himself. Claire sank into the couch and mumbled hello to the diving board boy. He said his name was Austin and introduced the blonde in yellow silk who had her arm around his waist as Haley. Brianna said Haley taught yoga, then pointed out the others. Lorelai, the tiny tutor, sat cross-legged in a forest green flannel. Madison sat next to her, her braided black hair hanging down the front of her white silk button-down. Talking to the two girls was Taylor, the tennis pro in gray cotton. The girl had the same chin and upturned nose as Robert. Claire wasn't surprised when Brianna said they were twins. You know Darius, and the guy at the end is Alex, Claire said. That's an awful lot of names. Brianna laughed. You won't be tested. She nodded at the pie and said, Dig in, it's delicious. The meringue melted in Claire's mouth, and the lemon burst on her tongue. Four bites, and it disappeared. Christine and Timothy came through the double doors and sat on the ottoman facing away from Claire. Brianna leaned in, her breath warm on Claire's ear. So, who do you think's cute? Claire didn't know what to say. 
she surprised herself with the truth. All of them. Which one's the hottest? Claire glanced around until she locked eyes with Darius. She liked the way his shorts hugged his legs, the way his full lips moved. Brianna's breath came back. Anyone you'd want to do? Do? The double doors opened, and Yusef shuffled into the room, gathered all the plates and forks, and piled them onto his tray. He finished in front of Amira and whispered to her. She shushed him. Not now, Yusuf. Please go. Claire felt a little lightheaded and figured maybe she'd eaten too much or was on some kind of sugar kick. She gazed at her wrist, the red circle where they injected the chip. Surprisingly, it didn't hurt to touch, to poke, to pinch. No pain. Nothing. Austin shook her shoulder, his hand gentle yet strong. Don't do that, he said. His voice gave her goosebumps. It's trippy, but you'll still bruise, Haley said. Gotta be careful. Mrs. D wheeled in, wearing a long lavender nightgown, matching robe and slippers. She snapped. Amira! Everyone went silent, and Amira sat up, pulled her hand off Corey's thigh and placed it on her lap. Mrs. D set one foot on the carpet, then the other, pushed herself upright, and headed their way. Brianna scooted closer to Claire, patted the cushion beside her. Mrs. D ignored Brianna and sat next to Claire. Did we get your size right? Claire felt her sleeve, so soft and fuzzy up and down her arm. It's perfect. We'll hit the stores tomorrow to accessorize. For now, how about we get rid of this? Mrs. D tugged Claire's scrunchie and tossed the ponytail loose. We'll get you all fixed up tomorrow. My guy can work wonders. He's great, Brianna said. Was I speaking to you? Brianna said, no, but... Mrs. D hugged Claire tight, surrounded her with lilacs. I just wanted to let you know my door's always open. Come up whenever you like. Mrs. D whispered the code in Claire's ear, laid a kiss on her cheek. She stood and faced the room. I want all of you to welcome Claire with open arms. Everyone sounded sincere when they promised they would. No one spoke until Mrs. D wheeled away. Well, that was fun, Bradley said. He finished his drink and set the empty glass on the floor. I'm about ready for bed. When do you say we get started? Christine and Tiffany left the room without a word, their red bows shining bright. Madison tried to stand and fell back onto the couch. Robert called her a lightweight while Taylor helped Madison to her feet. Claire saw Timothy's foot pumping up and down. Then a rustling as Lorelei crawled across the ottoman, scooted behind Timothy, and told him to relax. Austin held up his envelope, the number one marked on the front. He peeled open the back and slid out the card. He squeezed Haley's leg, then crossed over to Jaden and let her out of the room. Corey said, I'm too. He tore open his envelope, barely glanced at the card. Both he and Amira got up at the same time, said goodnight to everyone, as bathwater began to run upstairs. Alex had number three. 
He took out his card, smiled to Taylor, met her at the door. Under his breath, Robert said, A goddamn gardener. Claire's mind moved in slow motion. There were three boys and four girls, and Brianna never played. Claire put her hand on her heart. Her other hand squeezed Brianna's. Robert had the fourth envelope. He leaned over and stroked Laura Lee's calf. She patted Timothy on the back and walked away with Robert, the top of her head barely reaching his shoulder. From the recliner, Bradley said, Go ahead, Timothy. You've done a good job. You deserve it. Timothy cleared his throat and read his card, stammered Haley's name. She met him at the door. The bathwater stopped. Bradley dropped his newspaper next to his glass and lowered the recliner. Brianna begged Darius, Just say her name. Darius glanced at Brianna, then pulled out his card. Without checking it, he said, Claire, he offered his hand. You ready? Claire could barely breathe. Brianna took her by the elbow and helped her stand. She sounded like she was about to cry. Claire hasn't had a chance to clean up. That's fine, Bradley said on his way out. Darius, go wait in her room. Claire had nothing to say, no way of saying it if she did. Brianna pulled her down the hallway. Outside was dark except for the stables. Seven, eight, nine boys passed out on the ground, a couple more crawling. That's just the pudding. Helps them sleep. Brianna held open the elevator door. You're coming, right? The elevator's keypad was right in front of Claire. The code sang in her head, but Mrs. D wouldn't have sent her to desert if she didn't want her to participate. Claire grasped Brianna's hand. They hurried to her room. They sat Indian-style on the bed, with the sheet draped over their heads. Brianna's lips were inches away. Have you ever been with a boy? Claire shook her head. And there's nothing you're good at? Claire wished it wasn't true. You need to go to Darius. He'll be gentle. Brianna put her hands on top of Claire's her lips brushing Claire's ears. Tell him I'm sorry. For what? He'll know. The lights flashed three times and the intercom buzzed. Lights out in one minute, Mrs. D said. Get to your rooms. I'd better go, Claire said. Brianna didn't move her hands. You'll go to him? Claire nodded and slipped out of the cave. She heard Brianna say her daddy was dead, that she had three little brothers. It made no sense, but not much did. Claire stumbled into the hallway and steadied herself on the wall. The bright white of the fluorescence flipped off and red floor lights switched on. A splash came from the end of the hallway, a soft giggle, a firm smack, a delighted sigh. Claire went the other way. The thought that Bradley and Brianna looked nothing alike trickled through her fuzzy mind. And Brianna looked nothing like Mrs. D or Ian, who was flat on his back down the hall. His brown eyes rolled back in his head. Claire forgot how to get to her room, figured she might feel better if she threw up. She entered the bathroom, 
which had the same red tint as the hallway, except the third shower, lights on, black dome overhead, Haley holding a washcloth. Timothy's eyes closed. Claire backed out of the bathroom and bumped the wall. Ian sat up, slumped against the wall. Go make us some money. Claire ran for the elevator. She punched in the numbers. The elevator opened, the hallway long and dark, the eerie red lighting the way. Claire kept one hand on the wall for balance and nearly fell when she reached the first alcove. Her hand brushed a young girl's cold face. Claire jumped back and said sorry, her heart thudding. The pigtailed blonde stood silently on the stone in her red checkered dress. Claire stumbled down the hall and passed another petrified girl, same pigtails as the first, her face a little fatter. The next girl was dressed the same. Her shiny blue eyes stared off into nowhere. Claire reached forward to feel the wax and jerked her hand away from the leathery flesh. The door opened and Mrs. D stepped out. I'm afraid they're not for touching. Claire put her hands by her side. Mrs. D came up to her and said, There, there, don't cry, she pulled Claire close. I knew you'd do the right thing. That's all you have to do, baby. Be my good girl. This has been a presentation of the Project Entertainment Network.